Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. What's up, insiders? Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider, uh, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran, founder and CEO of VA Claims Insider. Guys, we're the most trusted name in VA disability claims, okay? What is, that's our vision. What is our mission? We're veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation they deserve. How do we do it? Medical evidence. All right, our proprietary medical consulting process offered inside of our VA Claims Insider Elite membership program, that's what we do. Okay, if you're stuck, if you're frustrated, if you're underrated, you're hearing my voice right now and you realize you need more medical evidence in the form of disability benefit questionnaires and or medical nexus letters, okay, to help you service connect disabilities, especially ones that were previously denied, get your butt inside a VA Claims Insider Elite. Okay, you can join for free right now. It's a free three-step intake, $7,500 worth of value up front just for joining. Okay, you'll get instant access to the Elite Experience Portal, which has $7,500 worth of high-value VA Claim resources, guys. Um, all you got to do is go to VA Claims insiderelite.com. Okay, again, it's a free three-step intake to join our VA Claims Insider Elite membership program to help you get the VA rating compensation you deserve in less time with medical evidence. That's the secret sauce in VA disability claims, guys. That's what we do. Okay, you can go to VA Claims insiderelite.com. Dot com. All right, vets, welcome. Everybody jumping in. This is awesome. I love so many people are coming on live. What's up, Joey? Hey, Leah. Got some med team folks on. Um, if you're joining us live on Facebook, welcome to you. If you're joining us live on YouTube, welcome to you as well. What are we talking about today? Secondary service connection secrets. All right, I'm going to be breaking down uh, what we call the hidden or the missing VA disability claim that so many veterans forget about. Okay, you guys just some sometimes you're just not even aware of it, right? A lot of VSOs, a lot of attorneys, uh, and accredited agents just aren't aware of the things you're eligible for from a secondary VA disability claim perspective. Why? Because they're not doctors. Okay, they don't have teams of medical professionals who can help you make causal links. Okay, showing of causation, which we'll talk about here, what that means. Um, and then how you go ahead about and get uh, secondary discipline claims done, approved, and service connected. Okay, what's up, Dwayne from Indiana? Hey, Rut. Hey, Leah. We've got John on, Steve, Mike, Shauna. Man, we got there's, there's almost a hundred of you on already, and we, and I just started this thing, which is awesome. Uh, which, by the way, I'm going to be answering as many of your questions as I can live. Okay, so go ahead and type in the comment box here if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube please put your question in the comment box and I will do my best 
to answer it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So uh, jump on to and say, uh, tell me your name. Tell me where you're, uh, where you're jumping in from, what city you live in. Um, so I can give you a shout out. Okay. So, uh, again, today, secondary service connection secrets. Why do I call it secrets? Well, because a lot of people aren't aware of it, number one. Number two, a lot of people don't have the medical training and background to be able to help you make those causal links, uh, which we'll explain, okay? Three things. Let's jump into this. When you go to file your VA disability claim, you really have two general options of service connection. There's actually three or four, but we're not going to talk about presumptive service connection today. We're really going to focus on uh, direct service connection for primary disability claims. And then we're going to talk about secondary service connection for secondary claims. Okay. So the three things I talk about this all the time because it's super important that y'all understand eligibility for VA disability claims under the law. Okay. The first thing of the three part test, what do you have to have? You gotta have a medical diagnosis. Okay. Now that medical diagnosis could be in your service treatment records. It could be in your VA medical records. So if you're currently seeking treatment at the VA, um, or it might be in any private records. Okay. If you're seeking private treatment, okay, you're, you're, you're taking advantage of the mission act and you've got a referral from the VA to outside doctors. Maybe you've been to your own urgent care facility. Okay. Private medical records are okay too. But you have to have something somewhere in a medical record, okay? Service treatment records, VA records, and or uh, any private records. And that's a common uh, question and concern among veterans is you may see in some of your VA denial letters these ridiculous denials, uh, which by the way are usually CNP examiner's notes in conjunction with the VA Raiders notes that say something like, there's no evidence in the veterans active duty service treatment records of any hip condition, back condition, migraine headaches, IBS, GERD, plantar fasciitis, lumbar strain, whatever, right? There's no evidence in the service treatment records, okay? So they deny your claim, they deny service connection, probably because you and or your VSO and accredited agent filed that condition as a primary disability meaning you were seeking direct service connection. Now, what does that mean? Okay, so the first part we talked about, you gotta have a medical diagnosis somewhere. If you don't have one, get your butt to the doctor, okay? The second part of the three-part test is the nexus, okay? Now, by law, by the way, I have this memorized out of, out of the law, but this is codified in federal law, okay? In the Code of Federal Regulations, the CFR, uh, Title 38, a disability that you suffer from today must have been caused or made worse by your active duty military service, okay, or by another service-connected disability rated at 0% or higher. Okay, now that latter piece, that's the secondary service connection part, okay, which we're going to be diving into today in detail. But the first part this is what a lot of vets, VSOs, accredited agents, attorneys, this is what you're focused on is, okay, hey, I got to file my disability claim. I have sleep apnea, migraines, GERD, blah, blah, blah. And you put them down as primary disability conditions. Guys, if it's been years since you left the service, 
if you have no evidence in your service treatment records of these conditions or subjective complaints of these symptoms, and here we are years later, you file for those as primary conditions, I can virtually guarantee that your disabilities are going to get denied. Okay, they're going to get denied and they're going to come back and they're going to say not service connected. Okay, if you log into your eBenefits account or your VA.gov account, you can go look, click the disabilities tab on the left. You can see all the current disabilities that you have, what they're rated at, yes or no, and then if they're service connected. Say not service connected, that is what that means. Okay, there was no nexus. Now, all the nexus means in part two of the three-part test is, is there a logical link or a connection to an in-service incident or series of incidents? That's all that means. It's a fancy legal term, nexus, to mean logical link. That's it. Okay, so what do I mean by a logical link? Okay, well, here would be a slam dunk scenario. Let's say you were deployed... Um, in Afghanistan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. And you were bombed all the time, rockets, mortars, indirect fire, maybe you were outside the wire, you were directly engaged in combat with the enemy, um, maybe you even were, were witness to uh, soldiers who were KIA'd, um, and some, some really unfortunate things because of combat, okay? If you then returned home and developed post-traumatic stress disorder, Right? You're having nightmares, insomnia, panic attacks as a result of what happened to you in combat. Okay? That's a clear example of direct service connection for a primary disability, okay? which in the example I just gave would be PTSD combat. Okay? It happened while you were on active duty. It's probably well documented in either incident reports, personal statements, buddy letters, you've got medical evidence to show it, you fill out a PTSD stressor form, maybe you have uh, combat uh, medals, like a combat action badge, uh, maybe you got a special certificate or a medal or a citation, an award from while you were deployed, um, something like a, a DMSM, an achievement medal, combat action badge, Purple Heart, whatever, and all of those things you use and upload in support of your claim for combat PTSD. That would be an example, again, of direct service connection. Your service, your combat deployment directly caused your PTSD. Okay, there were clear in-service stressors and an incident, your deployment, uh, and the horrible experiences you went through that caused or made your PTSD worse, okay? Now, what happens though, again, that's uh, service connection and direct service connection, okay? Then the second part though is, or caused or made worse by another service-connected disability in your body, okay, for secondary service connection, which we're gonna get to in a second. I'm gonna break it down in detail, okay? So that's part two. And then part three of the test under the law is severity of symptoms. How are your disabilities currently limiting or affecting your life? Okay, your work, your life, your social functioning. Those, that's what it comes down to. So if you have a diagnosis in one, if you're proving either direct service connection or secondary service connection in two, and you're able to get it service connected, then it comes down to how bad are your symptoms? Because ultimately the level of impairment 
and limitation you have in your work, your life, your social functioning, that is what ties directly to the disability rating for that condition under the law. Okay, and everything's governed by CFR uh, Title 38, Part 4, the Schedule for Rating Disabilities. Okay, write that down if you've never heard it before. Okay, ECFR Title 38, Part 4, the Schedule for Rating Disabilities. Guys, if you Google that and we're done here today, right, you can even do it right now if you're listening on a mobile device, that is the law that governs every rateable condition under the law. And it also talks about the level of symptoms and impairment you have to have in order to garner a certain rating, okay? Absolutely crucial, okay? Because everything you do in a VA disability claim must be done with the highest level of integrity. It must be done legally, morally, ethically, medically, okay? It is against federal law to file a false claim, okay? And there are severe penalties, um, criminal penalties, in fact, for doing that. So please don't ever do that. Do not ever lie or stretch the truth, okay? All you've gotta be is uncomfortably vulnerable, know and tell your true story cold, okay? But you gotta know it. It shocks me how many veterans simply don't even know what's in their medical records because you've never reviewed them. Guys, you gotta go through your medical records. I recommend every veteran hearing my voice right now obtains a copy of your C file, okay? Which is your VA claims file, which lists every single thing you've ever used, submitted, any decisions, C&P exam notes, anything that's ever been utilized in support of your disability claim will be in your C file, okay? But you gotta get a copy of it. Okay? Now, there's lots of different ways you can get a copy. You can call 1-800-827-1000. Speak to a rep. You can request a copy that way. You can submit a FOIA request to the VA, Freedom of Information Act request. Ask them for a complete copy of your VA claims file, your C file. Um, they'll likely send you a CD, like you send you a disc uh, in the mail. The other thing you can do is you can actually write a FOIA or a medical records release request to the VA regional office in your state, okay? Every state has a VA regional office, okay? You can do that as well, okay? But I think you need to get a copy of your C file. You need to know what's in your medical records and you need to know how severe your symptoms are generally in correlation to the law, okay? What does the scale say? How bad are your symptoms? And what would a possible rating for you be based upon your conditions, okay? So severity of symptoms, gotta know the law, guys. I highly recommend, too, that you know your medical records in detail. You gotta know what's in your file, okay? Again, that's why we do this stuff. We are arming you with information so that you can get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve, okay? Now, I've had some vets ask me, okay, Brian, well, what do you guys actually do? If you're not accredited agents, you don't assist in the preparation, presentation, and prosecution of claims for veterans. You're not my agent with power of attorney. What do you actually do? Guys, we are the most trusted name in VA disability claims because we help veterans overcome previously denied disability claims. We help you get rated at the appropriate level under the law if you're stuck, frustrated, and underrated. 
via medical evidence. VA disability claims come down to medical evidence. It's not a process issue. It's not that you filed the claim incorrectly. It's probably because you either didn't have a diagnosis, you didn't adequately prove service connection, or you didn't have symptoms that tied to a rating under the law. That's why you came back denied and underrated. The way to overcome that are with things called disability benefit questionnaires, DBQs, and medical nexus opinions from competent and credible medical providers. That's what we do. We are a medical consulting company with membership-based programs. So guys, if you're stuck, if you're frustrated, you're underrated, you're hearing my voice, get inside of VA Claims Insider Elite, which is our premier membership program, which offers access to our Elite Experience Portal. You're gonna get your own login to a custom system and program on the back end. So you can get tons of high value VA claim resources for free. There's no cost to this when you become a member up front. Um, and you're also then gonna get access to our team of vetted independent medical professionals for disability exams, disability benefit questionnaire reviews, okay? Um, and also competent and credible medical nexus opinions, okay? And medical nexus opinion will help you prove service connection on either a primary basis or a secondary basis. Um, and we can help you get those if you can't get this stuff from your own doctors, okay? Or if your own doctors don't know how to fill them out correctly. Okay, again, if you wanna get started today, guys, it's a free three-step intake. Go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. Okay, hopefully a member of my team too. Uh, we'll put it in the, in the uh, chat box if you're on Facebook, uh, as well as on YouTube. The link will be there, vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. Okay, so the three things, medical diagnosis, clear nexus, whether it's direct or secondary, and then symptoms. You gotta have those three things, guys, in all VA disability claims. But now let's jump into the secondary service connection secrets portion of the things that you really need to know and understand if you're looking at service connection on a secondary basis, okay? The human body is a system, just like a motor vehicle, okay? I like to use this example because everybody drives a car, okay? Most, at least most people do, um, and you understand when you drive the motor vehicle, everything in it works together to make it go, to make it stop, right? You need gas in your vehicle in order to drive. If you don't have gas in your car and you hit the pedal, it's not gonna go, okay? If something breaks, if you get a flat tire, you're driving down the road, maybe you run over a nail, you hear it going down, the left front tire starts shrinking down to nothing, pretty soon you're wobbling in your vehicle, right? If you keep driving on that, you're gonna damage the rims in the wheel wells. If you keep driving, eventually, it's probably gonna start smoking. You might even start a fire. The axle might fall off, and pretty soon, your vehicle's gonna be stuck on the side of the road, okay? Again, that's what happens when something breaks or isn't done properly on your motor vehicle. It don't work. That is exactly what happens in the human body, guys. Okay, sorry about that. What happens in the human body is it's a system. Your heart works with your lungs, which pumps blood to your capillaries, which feeds your brain. 
All the connections, right? You're, the body, the human body is a system that all works together to make you fully functioning. When things break down in your body, when disabilities, when conditions, when pain get to a certain level of severity, it can affect other parts of your body, causing other forms of disabilities or conditions or impairment to develop. So an example I always like to use that makes a lot of sense for vets, I'll only give an example, are left side of body issues and right side of body issues. Right side of body issues and left side of body issues, okay? So for example, if you've got a hip condition, let's say you have a left hip condition that's rated at 0%, okay? It's painful, causes some limitation in range of motion, but it's not severe enough to rise to the level of, say, a 10% rating or a 20% rating. Because you have a hip condition that might cause limitation of range of motion, pain, maybe it limits your ability to do things physically that you used to be able to do. Maybe it limits or works your life, your social functioning. If because of that left hip issue, you're now favoring the right side of your body, right? The right side of your body is the strong side with no impairment. Your body is going to start favoring the right side. What can happen then is a whole host of conditions can develop and arise because of your service-connected left hip, okay? So maybe the right side of your body, maybe you have, now have a right knee condition, a right knee strain, a right knee tear, right knee pain, Maybe you now have right foot or both foot um, plantar fasciitis, severe heel pain. Maybe your left hip has caused an issue with your right leg. Who knows, right? There's all kinds of things that can develop on left side, right side body issues, okay? Again, very, very common. Now, you've heard me use my example. I had a right knee strain rated at 10% from my time in the military. Well, I ended up, I started favoring the left side of my body over the period of about five years. Um, and what ended up happening, I noticed when I was out running one day a couple years ago, that I had this severe piercing pain in my left heel. I'd never felt it before. I didn't know what it was, but it started to really bother me. It hurt to walk, um, it really hurt the first step in the morning when you get out of bed, right? You get out of bed, you take that first step and it felt like somebody was jamming a hot knife through the bottom of my left heel. Okay. Well, I know now guys that those are very common symptoms of plantar fasciitis. Okay. Which is basically a, a tearing of the plantar fascia, which is a tough band of tissue that runs across the bottom of both of your feet. Okay? And when that becomes impaired, inflamed with little tears in it, you get severe pain. It's a very common condition. Okay? Well, I never had any issues on active duty with my feet. Never. I can't think of a single instance while I was on active duty that I had problems with my feet. My feet were fine. Okay? So when I left the service in 2012, I did not file a disability claim for any foot conditions. Why? Because I didn't have any, right? So here I am almost six years after leaving the military. I got this issue happening in my left heel. 
If I would have filed that, guys, as a primary disability for direct service connection, I can 100% guarantee you that that would have come back denied. And it would have come back denied, they would have denied service connection. Now, it's not that the VA would have denied that I had plantar fasciitis. I had it. I had a diagnosis. I was seeking treatment. Um, I was going to a VA medical facility. I had injections, um, uh, injections into the heel to help with the pain. I tried night splints, ice, pain medication, everything. Okay, nothing helped. So when I went to then open and file another disability claim for my left foot severe unilateral plantar fasciitis, I connected it secondary to my right knee, okay, with a medical nexus opinion that spoke to the causal relationship of right side, left side body issues, left side, right side body issues. I also had developed a calcified heel spur on the bottom of my left heel, which was shown uh, in an x-ray at my CNP exam. Um, but all of that, guys, was enough to get secondary service connected for left foot plantar fasciitis to my right knee, okay? If, again, if I would have done that as a primary disability, it would have been denied, and I can already read you the denial letter. The VA's denial letter would have stated the veteran provided no evidence of any in-service foot conditions no diagnosis of plantar fasciitis, and no subjective complaints of a foot condition while on active duty. Obviously, because I did not have any foot issues on active duty. I never had plantar fasciitis on active duty. It didn't happen until years later, and it was the result, proximately due to, okay, or aggravated by, another service-connected disability. That is what this is about, guys. Secondary service connection. Most veterans don't even know what it is. You've never heard of it. And for sure, nobody's helping you from the medical perspective to get a medical nexus opinion and a DBQ so that you can service-connect your disabilities on a secondary basis, okay? Again, you're gonna need medical evidence in order to do that, okay? And I'll explain why here in a second. Okay, I just gave you a, an example of secondary service connection, what it is, why it's important, and how to do it, okay? Again, it's all about a causal relationship, which simply means event A caused event B. The right knee condition caused the left foot severe unilateral plantar fasciitis, okay? Cause and effect. That's, that's all that a causal relationship means in secondary service connection. All right, so what are the three things that you have to have in secondary service connection to prove to the VA that something was proximately due to or aggravated by another service-connected disability? The first thing is you gotta have a diagnosis, okay? So in the example I just gave, had I not been going to the doctor, had I not been seeking treatment, if none of this was documented in a VA medical record or a private record, it probably would have been denied outright because the VA would have said, we're not even sure that you have plantar fasciitis. You don't even have a diagnosis, okay? So you have to have a diagnosis first of the secondary condition that you might be claiming, okay? 
Maybe you're service connected right now for a, a neck issue, okay, a cervical strain, which is a, a severe pain um, in your neck, which affects the joints and the ligaments and the tendons in your neck. Maybe that right there, that cervical strain, that neck is causing you now to have severe migraine headaches, okay? Well, that's very common, right? It's a neurological condition, affects the neck, the spine, which could absolutely affect your brain, affect your headaches, okay? So maybe, again, you're service connected at 10% for a cervical strain and neck condition, and you now have migraine headaches because of that neck condition. Well, you need to be going to the doctor because I want you getting help for your migraines, okay? Likely you have a diagnosis now, maybe you're even taking some medication, okay? So that's what I'm talking about. You have to have a diagnosis of the condition that you might be trying to service connect on a secondary basis, okay? So get to the doctor, talk to your primary care physician, tell them what's going on with you, okay? Again, first part of secondary service connection, diagnosis. The second part is the disability must be proximately due to or proximately aggravated by another service-connected disability in your body rated at 0% or higher, okay? Now, I will also share this with you. It's not something I recommend, but you can legally do it. It's possible that you file a primary disability for direct service connection and a secondary disability at the exact same time, okay? By law, you are not required to already be service connected for the primary condition at the time you submit the secondary disability connected to the primary. You could do it at the same time. Now, personal opinion, this is not legal advice. I don't recommend doing that um, because it's a, it's, there's a high risk of denial, okay? And the reason being is it's probably because you didn't file your primary condition either right when you left the service or at the right time. So you're banking on that the VA rater and the CNP examiner are going to agree that the primary condition is service connected, direct service connection, and that the secondary disability is also proximately due to or aggravated by the primary condition, okay? So you're going to have to very clearly and concisely tell your story as to why you never filed the primary disability in the first place. Here you are years later, you're filing a primary and a secondary at the same time. Okay, but it is possible. It's not against the law. In fact, it's totally legal to do that and the VA has to consider it. Um, the other thing is secondaries to secondaries to secondaries. You can go as many layers deep as you possibly can. I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by that. You heard me talk about already that the human body is a big system. Something breaks, something goes, it affects other parts of your body. Okay, here's an example. Head, neck, hip, knees, feet. All of that stuff's connected, okay, to include your back. So let me give you an example here. Let's say you have... Uh, knee issues that are service connected at 0%. Okay, well, let's say 10%. You have uh, bilateral knee issues, you're at 20%. Right? You got 10 for each knee. 
maybe years later, um, you've gained a bunch of weight because of your knee. You can't run workout anymore. It's affected your life. And now you've got hip issues, which has limited uh, your range of motion, limits your ability to walk, run, workout, etc. So now your hips are gone. So maybe you file a secondary disability claim for bilateral hip conditions because they were caused or made worse by your bilateral knee conditions that are already service-connected. Okay, so now let's say your hips come back at 10% on one side and 0% on the other, okay? Well, now the hips have affected your back. Now you've got a lumbar strain, okay? You've got severe back pain in your lower back. You could file secondary, the lumbar, secondary to your hips, right? So you've got your knees as the primary condition. You've got your hips secondary to that. You've got your back secondary to that. And maybe your back has now affected your neck, which has affected your migraines. Secondary to secondary to secondary to secondary to secondary. You can go as many layers deep as you can think of as long as it's legal and as long as you can prove it with a showing of causation that that condition was proximately due to or aggravated by that other service-connected disability. Okay, does that make sense? Is this, hopefully this is making sense. I see a bunch of comments. People are like, holy crap, this is amazing. Thank you for sharing all this knowledge. Good, I, I hope this is helping you guys. That's why I'm sharing it freely to you because I want you guys to be armed with information so you can fight back. Okay, you gotta punch back, man. Because you're going to get denied. Claims are going to get denied service connection. They're going to tell you they don't believe you. Okay, which is crap. Do not quit. Keep fighting. Get up and punch back. Okay, that's why we're arming you with this information. Okay, so that was the the second part. Remember the first part of secondary service connection? You got to have a medical diagnosis of the secondary condition you're trying to connect. The second part then is, was it proximately due to Okay, caused by or due to or aggravated by another service-connected disability in your body, rated at 0% or higher. And then the third part, and this is the biggest one that most vets forget about. Okay, get ready. Write this. If you got a pen out, write this down. This is secondary service connection secrets. There has to be medical linkage between the two. Okay, I'm going to say that again. There has to be medical linkage between the two conditions that you're trying to service connect. Okay, if there is no medical linkage, there's no ideology. You can't show through medical research, through your own medical evidence, through your own words, through a doctor's private, independent medical opinion. If you can't prove that on an at least as likely as not basis it's very likely you will still get denied service connection on a secondary basis. Guess what, guys? The third part, medical etiology, okay? The logicness, the causation, the proximately due to or aggravated by, the connection, the medical linkage between condition A and condition B is what we help you do at VA Claims Insider. That is why I founded this company, guys, so that veterans have access 
to a vetted group of independent medical professionals who are educated, trained, and certified in medical practice. Okay, some of them are MDs, some are PAs. Okay, they can help make those connections for you. Okay, again, the showing of causation. Event A caused event B. Event A, B, and C, event A and B caused event C. Okay, but you gotta get a medical nexus opinion completed by a qualified medical professional. Okay, that is what's gonna help you in part three of the three-part test is proving the medical linkage. Okay, highly, highly recommend that you get a medical nexus letter if you're trying to prove disabilities on a secondary basis for secondary service connection. Okay, again, if you can get your own doctors to do this stuff, awesome. Okay, great. Go book an, an appointment with your, your primary care doctor. Ask your VA doctor. Okay, now chances are they're not gonna help you. Okay, they're either gonna look at you like a deer in headlights and, and wonder, have no idea what you're talking about, okay? Um, or they'll tell you they can't help you, okay? Which is the biggest bunch of BS. We're being lied to, guys. I'm telling you right here, right now, we are being lied to by the Department of Veterans Affairs, by the doctors who work for the VHA, the Veterans Health Administration, when they say they can't help you, when they say that they don't write medical letters for veterans, I don't do DBQs for you, okay? They're lying to you. There is nothing legally wrong with that request or them helping you, okay? Now, it's their own personal opinion. They don't have to help you. They're not required to, okay? But that's commonly what we see uh, is a veteran will ask their VA doctor or a private professional to help them out and the doctor will say something like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't do, you know, I don't do letters for veterans or, you know, yeah, it's, it's not common practice here and what we do. Um, you know, I don't write letters for disability exams, whatever. Okay, fine. If you can't get your own doctors to do it, that's what we do. Okay. Get inside VA Claims Insider Elite. We can help you with disability benefit questionnaires. We can help you obtain medical nexus letters. Okay, you'll get exams scheduled with our team of vetted independent medical providers. Okay, again, you can get started right away. Free three-step intake at vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. Okay, I'll say it one more time. You can go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. Okay? All right, so we've talked a little bit about secondary service connection. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use another example here which I think is, is super unique uh, to think about and to listen to and to understand. Okay, hopefully it'll send some, some light bulbs in your brain going, huh, what conditions might I be able to connect on a secondary basis? We had a veteran not long ago who got service connected for obstructive sleep apnea. Okay, secondary. Obstructive sleep apnea on a secondary basis to their primary service-connected plantar fasciitis, okay? Now, you might be thinking for a second going, Brian, that doesn't even make sense. How does a foot condition, severe heel pain, 
cause or make obstructive sleep apnea worse? Okay, well, can it even aggravate it? That doesn't make sense. Okay, obstructive sleep apnea is a, a severe sleep condition. So what happened is the veteran was taking some specific medications to help manage the pain of their plantar fasciitis, okay? The primary side effect of those medications was weight gain, okay? Sean nailed it, weight gain. <laughs> Guess what? Obstructive sleep apnea has a 70% correlation to weight gain, obesity, with a BMI of 30 or higher, okay? You're considered overweight at a BMI of 25, you're considered obese with a body mass index BMI of 30 or above. Okay, the veteran was above 30 in their BMI because of the weight gain due to the medications they were taking for their service-connected plantar fasciitis. Now, this is what we call an interim link for service connection. Okay, it's not that the plantar fasciitis directly caused the sleep apnea, the OSA. But the plantar fasciitis medication aggravated, caused or made the OSA worse, okay? And the veteran was able to show that on an at least as likely as not basis with a credible and competent medical nexus opinion, okay? Guys, weight gain is a big one, okay? Weight gain uh, is a major problem, not just in our society, but it affects so many things in our bodies, okay? The other thing is weight gain is very commonly caused or made worse or affected by any antidepressants you're taking for mental health, okay? SSRIs, antidepressants, many of the medications out there for mental health conditions to help try to manage your stress, anxiety, depression, anger, panic, whatever, nightmares. Um, there's a whole host of them. Prazosin, Remrin, um, Remrimertazapine, um, uh, Zoloft, okay? There's a whole, whole bunch of them. I'm not going to name as many as I can think of and rattle off the top of my head. Venlafaxine, right? There's a whole bunch of medications that veterans commonly get prescribed to help them manage their mental health symptoms. Go look, go Google the medication you're taking and read some of the side effects. Headaches weight gain, sexual dysfunction, right? All very common things. Well, if you're taking those medications to help you manage symptoms of current service-connected disabilities, that is enough to be proximately due to, caused by, or aggravated by another service-connected disability. How are you going to do that? You're going to have to show the medical linkage and we recommend a medical nexus letter to help you do that. Okay, again, service connection on a secondary basis. That's what we're talking about here today, okay? This is awesome. I have so, so many comments. People are jumping in going, my mind is blowing. Like, <laughs> thank you for sharing this. Uh, you're very welcome, Antonio. And this is what we do. I mean, again, when, when I wake up in the morning, you guys, I think about you. All right, I get my kids to school. I do my best to manage my own self. Right? I got a lot of issues too, just like you do. Right? I'm a disabled veteran just like you do. I got a lot, a lot of the same issues many of you are dealing with. But I'll tell you, 
I think about you. I really truly do and so does every single member of our team. Because what we do, helping disabled veterans get what they legally, morally, ethically, and medically deserve is the reason God put Brian Reese on earth. Okay, now it took me 36 years to get here and a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of frustration and a whole, I'm lucky to be here doing this, all right? With some of the stuff I was dealing with and going through, I'm lucky to be alive to be here doing this with you in community. It is an absolute blessing. The lives that we are changing on a daily basis. It's unbelievable, you guys. And I want you to be a part of that. I'm welcoming you into our community, all right? Because I want to help you. We're going to become friends. We're going to hang out together, right? We're about to head to, uh, to Washington, D.C., for a conference, all right? A whole bunch of our team members are gonna be there. Stop by, say hey, we'd love to meet you guys. We, uh, we did an event in Texas um, not too long ago and some of our Texas veterans who had worked with us, who we had helped with the medical evidence, who got the rating they deserve after how many years, they came. They came to hug, to shake our hands, to tell other vets, this is, these are the guys who care. Man, that's, I'm telling you, like, that is what this is about, okay? Again, if you need some help, guys, go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com, complete the free three-step intake, okay? And we'll help you guys out. All right, um, if, uh, hopefully some team members are on, I saw some folks jumping on, uh, please, guys, if you can, answer as many of those questions. I, there's just so many questions, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to answer all of them. Um, but please post your questions. If you're a veteran, you've got a question, whether it's about our program, your medical condition, how the DBQ Nexus works, you can ask me anything, okay? You can ask me anything and I will try to answer it. Rudy says, thanks, bro, you're the man. Ah, Rich, keep up the good fight. This is great information for veterans from Red. Awesome, thanks, man. Um, Doug wrote, how's it going, Doug? VA says my service treatment records are trashed and illegible. Okay. They asked for more lay evidence to help them make a decision. Is it my responsibility to prove this? I already have diagnosis, proof of my stressor, nexus letter, DBQ, body state, and personal state, and also completed a CNP exam. Okay. Uh, a couple things here. So lay evidence. Let's talk about that for a minute, Doug. Lay evidence simply means after the fact evidence, okay? So something must have happened to you a long time ago. You're filing a claim for it, and now the VA is basically saying, prove it, okay? The burden of proof is always on you as the veteran, okay? The burden of proof is at least as likely as not, which is an extremely low burden of proof, okay? The at least as likely as not standard means there's a 50-50 chance. 50% yes, 50% no, okay? That's a very, very low standard of proof, okay? And if it's, if it's equal, okay, in equipose, tie goes to you as the veteran, okay? Let's say 50% of the evidence is for it, 50% of the event is against it. They're required by law to grant you service connection, okay? Because in the event, tie goes to the veteran, 
Now, that's what's referred to as the benefit of the doubt, okay, in VA disability claims. The benefit of the doubt always goes to the veteran, or I should say should go to the veteran. Um, but the burden of proof is always on the veteran to prove on an at least as likely as not basis, which is a low burden of proof, okay? You think of like a, a civil case um, in a civil lawsuit, there's a more likely than not standard, which is preponderance of the evidence, okay? That means that there's a greater than 50% chance, okay? And then in a criminal case, there's beyond a reasonable doubt, okay? Which is an extremely high burden of proof standard, okay? Which is good. I mean, if, if somebody's facing criminal action, which could put them behind bars, um, we want to be sure, right? And that's the way that our justice system and the courts are set up, okay? So to answer that first question, it is your responsibility to prove it. Now, what is lay evidence? Lay evidence is after-the-fact evidence. It could be medical evidence after the fact, which it sounds like you already have, proof of your stressors, which you already have, two nexus letters, personal statement. In my opinion, the best lay evidence comes from a first-hand witness. Okay, now you have written in here a buddy statement. I don't know what's in your buddy statement. Okay, now a buddy letter, a buddy statement is lay evidence. But does that buddy... Are they able to say on a first-hand basis they were a witness either to the event or to the symptoms you're suffering from today? Because if not, that might not be good enough. Okay, so I'd go back and read your buddy letter and make sure that whoever the buddy was, was there with you. They can say, I witnessed Doug go through this event, this incident. I know that his... Mental health that he suffers from today is a direct result of this non-combat incident we were involved in together. How do I know? Because I was there. How do I know he was there? Because I was there with him, right? Again, when it comes down to lay evidence, you have to be able to show that the event happened to you, okay? Hopefully that makes sense. All right. Um, what is the, so Rod wrote, how's it going, Rod? Rod wrote, what is the proper way to present and include medical articles into your VA claim, i.e. like medical studies, journal excerpts, and other medical findings? Okay, so uh, the, the best way, again, this is my opinion, okay, and it's, it's not just because this is what we do, it's because I know this is what you need, okay? The best way to present medical evidence, medical articles, medical research, journal excerpts, studies that potentially show issues of causation, right? A caused B. My, uh, let's see, what's a good example? My service-connected PTSD caused my OSA, obstructive sleep apnea, okay? Um, the best way is to get a medical nexus opinion from a doctor, okay, who hopefully will present medical research, case law, etc to help you prove your disability claim. Okay, so you can meet that at least as likely as not threshold. If you don't get a medical nexus letter, at a minimum, I recommend you do your own research, Rod. Google it, right? You've heard me talk about pubmed.gov before, right? It's a US government website that lists all kinds of research articles and reports constantly being updated, right? 
you know, the, the likelihood of obstructive sleep apnea in military members, okay? There's all kinds of stuff, which by the way, since I just mentioned sleep apnea, did you know that in medical research, military veterans are four times more likely to have OSA than the normal civilian population. That's a staggering statistic, okay? Four times more likely to have or develop OSA. Okay, well, why is that? There's something there, obviously, right? So let's dig into that. What does it mean? How big was the study? How many participants? When was it done? Was it a double blind, right? How the method was done, the research to support it is very important, okay? So to finally answer your question, you can just download stuff from PubMed, Google. Um, you could get a, a printout from Mayo Clinic or um, there's all kinds of, of medical stuff. WebMD, maybe it's a medication you're taking, Rod, and you just print out, save it as an Adobe PDF, the medication side effects, you highlight the things you're dealing with. Weight gain, migraine headaches, IBS, uh, whatever, and you package that then, save as an Adobe PDF, and upload it as supporting evidence of your symptoms or the medical linkage for your claim, right? You can upload it to eBenefits, you can upload it to va.gov, you can also fax it into the VA, okay? Or you can give it to your VSO or accredited agent and have them do it for you, okay? Because they're acting with power of attorney, okay? I'm about to start my PTSD claim, but all my med records are hard copy. Um, so if you need to get them to the U.S. Board Certified Psychologist, Joe, it has to be scanned in, okay? So they have to be in digital format, all right? We do that for HIPAA compliance reasons. How many claims can I put in at one time? Okay, you can put one claim in at one time that has multiple disabilities listed into it, okay, Keo? You can open more than one claim but you're not allowed to have more than one claim open at the same time. So the VA will merge the two. Okay, typically what they'll do um, is they'll merge it into the oldest claim you have open, okay? But you can, you can add as many disabilities or conditions into that single claim that you open, okay? So maybe you open one claim and you've got, you know, I don't know, 47 disabilities or conditions listed, some primary, some secondary, okay? Do you write nexus letters? We certainly do. I don't personally write the medical nexus letters because I'm not a doctor, okay? But what we do, Martin, is we connect you with the right medical professional with the right credentials uh, to write that nexus letter for you, okay? Because they are trained, they can certify. In fact, Leah, uh, one of our med professionals calls it the power of the pen, right? The pen is mightier. She has the power of the pen, I do not, okay? Um, do I need more than one buddy letter for my VA claim? That's from Paul. No, you know, sometimes, Paul, you don't need any buddy letters, okay? Uh, remember, let's go back to, I just, I just covered this a little bit briefly. Um, the purpose of a buddy letter is to help fill in any gaps in any medical evidence or treatment dates or maybe an incident wasn't appropriately documented in your military reports or in a medical next or in a um, in your in your military medical records and you're trying to fill in the gaps okay that's what a buddy letter helps you do it helps you substantiate your claims okay hey VA what I'm saying is true listen to me I got this letter 
from a firsthand witness, my spouse, my pastor, my current boss, my child who's over 18 years of age or older, right? This letter shows that I'm suffering from this. And this person is substantiating that they saw it happen, that they know what I'm going through, right? So that's what a buddy letter helps you do. It helps you fill in any gaps. It helps you meet the at least as likely as not threshold by substantiating your allegations, right? It's helping prove that what you say is true. Okay, and again, buddy letters lay evidence just after the fact. So if your medical records are clear, an incident report's well-documented, you had a diagnosis in service for that condition, you've been seeking treatment all these years, I think you're good. I mean, I don't think you necessarily need a buddy letter in that situation. Um, now, if there's evidence and in incidents, though, where it's not very clear or appropriately documented, then I think you need at least one buddy letter, okay? Preferably from first-hand witnesses, okay? Service-connected lower back, aggravated and recognized in service treatment record, not service-connected headaches as secondary. I'm not quite sure the question, Antonio, if you wouldn't mind posting that again. Steven, what's up, brother? He wrote, the VACI, VA Claims Insider Med Team, already does that in their Nexus letters, the best investment to win your case. So that was in reply to Rod of how do you best present medical evidence, medical research, in support of your claim, right? You do that inside of a competent and credible medical nexus letter, which guys, by the way, a medical nexus letter is just a document. That's all it is. It's just like a memorandum for record, okay? A three to four to five to six page document that explains everything about the incident, your case history, what the doctor reviewed, medical research supporting it, why they think that, and then their medical opinion. That's it. That's all it is. It's, it's very simple, um, but there's a bit of an art to it, and it needs to be done the right way, okay? It needs to be done the right way. Uh, Calvin wrote, I had shin splints all throughout my military career. It's well documented, but the VA still gave me a 0% rating. Okay, so remember, Calvin, we talked about what are the three things you need to have. Medical diagnosis, clear nexus, and symptoms. You met one, two, well, you met one and two. The reason you got 0% is the symptoms of your shin splints, according to, to the VA rater, I'm not saying they're right or wrong, or the CNP examiner, the symptoms of your shin splints were not severe enough to warrant more than a 0% rating. Okay, now you might disagree, so if you do, file for an increase, right? File for an increase with new and material medical evidence, um, write a personal statement, get a buddy letter, um, and make sure your CNP examiner knows that your sin splints are worse. Okay, but that's what you have to prove now. It's on you to show the VA that your symptoms are worse and should meet the higher criteria uh, above 0%. Uh, quick note though, muscular skeletal conditions, orthopedic conditions, muscular conditions, very commonly rated between zero and 20%. Even more commonly rated between zero and 10%, okay? 90-ish plus percent of orthopedic conditions are gonna be rated between zero and 20%, okay? Those are low value claims, okay? 
Roosevelt, can one claim SSD, somatic symptom disorder, secondary to migraine or tinnitus, although I'm rated 70 for PTSD? You can, Roosevelt, but the likelihood of you getting service-connected for a second mental health condition is very low, okay, low likelihood. The reason you have a very low likelihood of getting um, more than one mental health condition rated, okay, to a couple things. Number one, the VA has something called uh, pyramiding. What that means is you can't rate the same issue more than once, okay? Well, unfortunately, in mental health conditions, many of the symptoms are virtually the same across multiple diagnoses. So in all mental health claims, it comes down to your level of occupational and social impairment, your work, your life, your social functioning. Well, if you're already rated at 70% for PTSD, and you've got you know, severe depression, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you're trying to claim a, a second mental health condition, somatic symptom disorder secondary. The only way that will happen is if the VA rater can clearly tell which symptoms are attributable to which diagnosis, okay, which is very rare. Why? Because the mental health symptoms for SSD are virtually the same as the symptoms for PTSD. Okay, so it's unlikely that that's going to happen for you. Okay. Um, blah, blah, blah. Rudy, where can I get one of those shirts? <laughs> Thanks, man. Semper Fi. So you can see I got some VA Claims Insider swag on here. Um, I ordered this one. So uh, coming soon, by the way, um, VA Claims Insider swag store. Okay. Uh, which, by the way, 100% of the proceeds will be donated to the Folds of Honor Foundation, okay? An unbelievable foundation uh, helping the dependents of disabled veterans rated at 10% or higher to get scholarships to continue their education. Incredible. I literally cannot say enough about that organization, um, but we have a swag store coming. You're going to be able to order VA Claims Insider branded shirts, hats, coffee mugs, coin, challenge coins, all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned, Rudy. It's coming soon. Hey, Mike. Mike wrote, hey, Brian, new listener. Welcome, brother. Uh, you need to talk to folks. No problem. Happy to help Lance get in our programs. Um, I'm going to make time to get this done. Awesome. Yep. You got to go, man, you get mental health treatment, guys. I see some comments in here talking about mental health. Please, please. Do not continue to suffer, to suffer on your own. All right. Oh my gosh. There's so many comments in here. I'm, I'm just not going to be able to answer them all guys. Um, I'll try to get to them when this video is done on Facebook, uh, as well as on YouTube. Okay. So if you have a question for me or my team, go ahead and post it, uh, either on the, the VA claims insider mastermind group. If you're already a member, you can post it on the YouTube comments of this video, okay? And you can also post it here on Facebook, all right? Um, bah, bah, bah. Okay, so Willie wrote, I have PTSD, 0% on diabetes, 0% on sleep apnea. There's a lot you can do, sir. I mean, you're, you are way underrated, Willie. Man, got, you got to get your claims in though, brother. Will you have women's attire at the swag store? Heck yeah, we will. Man, we love our female veterans too. So I know I say guys all the time. I mean that collectively as, as men and women, right? 
who support or served in the military. Absolutely, we will have women's attire in the swag store. Okay. Uh, okay, last question I'm going to answer here. Danny wrote, when a mental health CNP, so compensation pension exam, was completed, what is the usual turn time to get a decision? Man, it's all over the map. Typically, if it was a fully developed claim, uh, we're seeing a rating decision within two to three weeks after your CNP exam for mental health, okay? But it varies by VA, by regional office, depends on how backlogged uh, they are at looking at claims. And it also depends on how good the CNP examiner's medical uh, opinion was. So if it goes to the VA rater after the CNP exam, okay, that's who's called an RVSR, if the RVSR looks at the notes from the CNP examiner and goes, ah, I, I don't have enough here to make a decision, right? They might kick it back to an earlier stage of the process. They might order a second compensation and pension exam, okay? Or they might go back to that same examiner and say, hey, I need you to clarify this portion of your evaluation, okay? That happens a lot as well, okay? So it's hard to say for sure, but if it was a, a, a well-done, well-performed, well-documented C&P exam, uh, I would expect a rating decision two to three weeks-ish, okay? Just keep checking eBenefits or, or VA.gov, okay? All right, guys. Again, Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider, Air Force Service Disabled Vet, uh, founder and CEO of VA Claims Insider. I'm so proud of our team, of our movement, of you, right? You guys joining, over 200 of you guys were on. This is just unbelievable. Um, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep going live, guys. Again, a team member goes live. The med team goes live every Monday, okay? Uh, a member of our team goes live every Tuesday. I go live every Wednesday. And then we do the VCE experience every Friday inside the mastermind. Guys, we are literally changing everything in how we communicate with veterans about their disability claims. And you know what? It goes way beyond your claim. What we do is we bring you in, we give you hope, you become an insider in our community, you get some identity back, you'll have some friends again. Oh, by the way, we just also happen to get you medical evidence for your disability claim. That's not even the primary purpose why we exist. We exist to get you better, to give you hope, to bring you into our community. That's why we do this, guys. The result just happens to be that you get the VA rating and compensation you deserve. Okay, but it's, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than me. This, this movement is not even about me. It's about you and the things that you're doing to help veterans all over the world understand to never quit, to never die, to get up and punch back and to go, you know what? I may have got knocked down. I may be underrated. I may have a mental health condition, but I'm not going to quit, right? I'm going to keep fighting and I know who I'm going to fight with. My fellow brothers and sisters, my fellow disabled vets, my insiders, right? That's what we do, guys. I'm welcoming you in right here, right now, okay? All right, guys. Again, Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider. I'm out from Austin, Texas. Love you guys, and uh, we'll see you live again next week, okay? We'll see y'all.